This is the Life Journey Podcast with Quentin, a.k.a. Q Gauze No Days Off. From on the field and off the field, NFL player and entrepreneur. Motivating you to be the best you can be and getting you out of your comfort zone. Sharing with you travel, sports, and entrepreneurial tips with amazing guests on the show. Now, get ready for your life to change with the Life Journey Podcast and your host, Quentin Gauze. What's up, everybody? This is your host, Quentin Gauze, the Life Journey Podcast. Oh, my goodness, guys. We have a special guest on today. We have Greg Genrich. How's it going, Greg? Awesome, Quentin. Um, great to have you on the show today. Thank you for asking. Yeah, so our podcast is about there's tons of uh, entrepreneurs, travelers, sport fanatics, and, and just hearing their stories, hearing how they got to where they are today. And we're here to hear your story because you have an interesting story from talking to you the other day. And, you know, definitely want to capture that and, and let the audience around the world hear it. So um, first off, let's start off with, you know, the industry you're in and your childhood growing up. So... I am in the sports facility management business. Um, We manage and operate two indoor turf facilities in Rochester, New York. I grew up in Rochester, New York, in West Aronaquay, went to West Aronaquay High School. My parents started their own business, a garden center, greenhouse, and florist, Mm -hmm. which then went uh, to the second generation, which was my brother, and now um, his children are in the business as well. And so growing up, I grew up with two parents that were building a business and watched them do it. And I guess I always had the entrepreneurial feeling in me from a young child Mm -hmm. and having a couple of businesses before this one um, really has been kind of the passion in my life. I really always liked working for myself, um, not so much working for other people. And until I could totally understand that feeling because you're, you're building someone else's empire and it's not something that you may have like the, a total passion about, but you're helping them make money. So, well, it, it's sometimes, it, you know, running a business is always about you want to make money, but some people don't understand. I don't have people that work for me. I have people that work with me. Mm. I'm only successful if they're successful. Right. I'm only going to be more successful by having more successful people around us. A lot of people that own their own businesses want to sit on a high pedestal. They want to look down on the people that work, you know, for them. Right. Instead of people that work with you, keeping them around for a long, long time, taking care of them. And they'll take care of you. That's human nature. Right. And, you know, you know it's just interesting you say that. And why, why do you think a lot of people are afraid to be an entrepreneur? Risk. Hmm. Some people like the security of the prototypical graduate from high school, go to college, get my degree, get a job for some big company, sit in a cubicle every day. <laughs> collect a paycheck, get my retirement, my health insurance, and live that, you know, that life. Um, And for some people, that's great. Some people want that guaranteed check from somebody else, not a lot of risk. Mm. You don't have to put out a ton of effort. And, you know, that's good for them. For me, not so much. 
you like putting that extra work in. You like creating something and molding it into what you know into yours. Right. Well, you know, again, you get out what you put in. If you put in a lot of effort, you put in a lot of thought, you put in a lot of time. You can be successful at anything, um, just not in, in this industry, but you know, in life in general. You know how much time you don't dedicate to your children. Right. Um, owning your own business, even though it is a lot of time and effort, you also have the opportunity to spend more quality time with your family, right? Or with the people um, that are important in your life, and so. Whether it's only an hour, it is that hour that you can focus right in on them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's a little bit more flexible. In the same token, those people that are important in your life also know um, what they're giving up of me doing what I'm doing. The sacrifices that they give. So it's not always just the, my sacrifices, it's the sacrifices of the people that are around you also. Right. How much are they willing to give up? Um, to let me pursue uh, my endeavors. Mm. That's, that's that's deep. What would you say? So, what talk talk a little bit about actually your family? Um, you're talking about your kids that play soccer. Yeah. Um, there. Yeah. So, give us a little information. On. So, I have I have four wonderful children. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a 29 year old son, Christopher, who actually our business now after this past year is all owned by a corporation called the Genridge Athletic Group. Mm. Um, my son, Christopher, uh, West Aranaquay graduate, um, went into the military, uh, into the National Guard, put himself through college, two years at MCC, three years at St. John Fisher, where he was the student body president for two years, and then off to Syracuse Law School. Um, graduated, passed mm. the bar, and now he is serving his country in the JAG Corps. Wow. And um, during this past summer, when he was just wrapping everything up, we decided to reevaluate our business position mm-hmm. and set it up more as a, like a family trust. So, God forbid, something should happen to me because I have had a few health issues right. that if something should happen to me, this business can continue. So Christopher is the president of the company. He handles all of our legal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to him five, six times a day. Um, and um, he's a great kid. Um, then I have a daughter, Alicia, mm-hmm. who's uh, 25. She right now is in Alaska. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she, uh, she went to West Aranaquay, went to MCC, um, got into the hotel business um, through a friend of ours um, and really loved it, uh, pursued her bachelor's degree at mm-hmm. uh, Niagara University and then was basically a first round draft pick for the Marriott Corporation in their Voyager Manager Training Program and uh, ran, ran a, what's that sound? You hear that? There's somebody digging through my garbage can. There is? Hold on. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, we had a little interruption um, here at the facility. I mean, what, what ended up happening? We looked at the camera, and there was a guy that was 
that was picking some can. What no? What happened? What happened? Explain. <laughs> so, I heard some background noise, and I looked at my camera, and there's somebody digging through. First, I thought it was the vending people were here to fill the vending machine. Then I saw somebody's digging through one of our recycle bins, right. like three feet from our office door, and so. You know, this is the neighborhood of the world that we live in, but, you know, for somebody to not knock on your door and ask if they could have the bottles, just feel that they could walk into somebody's business and just take them, Mm -hmm. that this is is a societal problem. This isn't just a problem here. This is, you know, all of society, people trying to hustle, you know, trying to edge you out of things Mm. um and to be quite honest that's how people get shot and killed and it's true they they have no concept of respecting other people's space Mm. or the investment that we made in here just think that they have the right to come in and do what they want Mm. and again it's very it's frightening Mm. um because you don't know, he could walk in and have a gun, and we could have surprised him getting the bottles, and he could have shot us. Right. So that, yeah. That could that could have that easily could have happened. That could so have you happened. Know, you know what could have happened as right. well. So, I guess it's there's not too many things that scare me. So, you know, you just have to let them know that that's not acceptable. It's a local guy. I've seen him before, so I know who he is. Right. But just because you know who they are, Still. that doesn't. That doesn't mean he wouldn't take out a bat and hit me over the head with it. Mm-hmm. So if he's looking for bottles, what else is he looking for? Did he come in to see, like, who's in the facility? Right. Scout it out. Right. Mm-hmm. The door's generally not open. The doors I keep locked. Mm-hmm. And so, again, just another, uh, just another situation when you own your own business that you have to deal with every day. Mm. If there's 10 or 11 things that come up every day, I'm lucky. Usually it's... 30 things so this is just another way to deal with you know something else wow but you know life goes on you know do you call the police do you make a big huge deal of it or do you just try to talk with the guy and say listen don't mind you picking up the bottles but you should have asked me first or at least knocked on the door and i'd be more than willing to help you right their bottles you know, he's not coming in and taking my children. He's looking to make a few bucks. Right. You know, if that's another set of eyes on my facility that would say, you know, a local guy who walks around every day and is looking for that and keeps an eye and sees something wrong, maybe you can establish a relationship with the guy that picks up the bottles to say, hey, I saw this or I saw that. Mm-hmm. And so we want to be part of the community. You know, we're very involved in the Arondequay in the city area. Mm-hmm. And so we support the Rochester City Police Department, the Monroe County Sheriff's Department, the Arondequay Police Department. We're hooked into the um, website for Arondequay with all, with the, in the camera system right. program. Um, anything that can help the general public, we're into. Um, we support a lot of organizations and things, but we do it very quietly. 
we don't pound our chests and say, oh, I help this one and oh, we do that. I'm not looking for that kind of glorification. Right. I know when I go to bed at night, I know what way my moral compass is pointed. Um, and we're pretty, that's just the kind of people that we are. That's, that's the way to be. Um, yeah, there's a lot, there are people out there that look for gratification. And, uh, you know, that can only get you so far, you know. But, uh, well, you can talk the talk, but you have to walk the walk. Speak it. You know, I mean, anybody can stand up here and say, oh, this is great. And I'm, you know, I did this for this one and that one. But do you live it in your daily life? Mm. You know, do you, do you really live it? Do you promote it? Do you take, you know, young children, wayward kids that are, you know, maybe not doing so good? And do you help them? steer them in the right direction give them some guidance give them some fatherly advice right and so there's less and less people out there like that more people are worried of, such as this facility one of our biggest insurance concerns you know insurance now plays a huge part in business without insurance you cannot conduct business mm -hmm. so in the sports facility business there has been problems in the past with locker room shower rooms giving people attention to first aid. So when we took over this facility, I'm not allowed to give anybody an ice pack or mm. a Band-Aid because that would be considered administering um, uh, healthcare. We can't do that. You know what I can do? I can call 911. Um, we couldn't have locker rooms because of things that happen in locker rooms. They don't want to have shower rooms because of things that could potentially happen right. in showers. That's the society that we live in now. Um, and it, it, it really sometimes leaves a bad taste in your mouth that you have to worry about that kind of thing, but yeah. you really do now. Um, and I think that along with the, the development of these indoor facilities, in my opinion, is because you don't, ha you don't see the kids outside playing anymore. You, you don't. You don't see. <laughs> That's so true. Right. You don't Fortnite. see. The, right. But uh, along with that is that you don't see kids in the summertime. Like when I was a kid, you got up at eight o'clock in the morning, you grabbed your bicycle and your mitt and you went out to the local playground and you met your 20 buddies mm -hmm. and you played baseball, football or whatever all morning long. Then hopefully you went over to one of your friend's house where her, you know, their mom would make you know, some peanut butter jelly sandwiches or a cheese sandwich and, you know, you would drink water out of the hose and maybe you found a sprinkler somewhere or somebody, you know, had a pool that you could jump into and then you went back out and played. Right. Nowadays, everything has to be so structured. You don't see kids out in playgrounds doing that. And everything has to, you have to have a coach, you have to have a trainer, you know, you have to be in a secured environment, you know. Yeah, like a, unsafe. Like, right. right. And the thing about it is, is and this might sound a little off base, but uh, you're even seeing it in the NFL. Everything has to be so structured. The coach has to call every play. You know, you have to do everything a certain exact way. Yep. Well, you lose creativity. You 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 lose thinking, game time decision making. True. Do you think guys like Terry Bradshaw and Joe Montana looked at the sideline every time? Every single play. Right. Every That's single what you play. See now in college. It, it's not only in college. It's <laughs> in high school. The only reason it's in college is because the high school coaches don't teach their kids 
to call their own plays, understand the right. game and, and how things are going. It's just not football, but it's soccer, it's lacrosse. All those things are all, even in softball, baseball, you have coaches at a high school level or even a youth level that tell the pitcher what pitch to throw. Mm. They have to tell the infielders where to be. They don't let these children think. or teach these children how to think. Why would you make that decision? And at least let them make a decision, whether right. it be right or wrong. You only learn from making mistakes. Do you th do you think that from all what you're saying, like it's just our society's trying to make everything faster, quicker, um, easier, and more like the lazy man method, like where you don't really have to do anything, you can just play faster. But does that cause that's that causes an issue with the learning curve for that individual? I don't disagree with that. I think you know, the development of cell phones and computers, the instant gratification of the internet, of having immediate access to the greatest information, you know, uh, anything in the world. Right. You can get information at your fingertips. <clears throat> the detraction from that is that, how do kids learn now? They learn very much more um, visually. Right. Or, you know, they're not learned to, they're not taught to learn because you already, the information's already known. So, I don't know. It, when it comes to sports um, that I've seen not only as a player as being younger, but as a parent with children at these different age levels where everything has been changing, is that, um, Youth sports really is sometimes more about the parents than it is about the <laughs> yeah. youth. You know, it's about That's the so parents true. living their lives through their children and right. thinking that they're, if they yell at their five-year-old enough, you know, to kick the ball a different way than the coach that's coaching him because they know more that they're going to be the next Division One athlete. And so... You know, sports teaches you a lot of things if you let them be taught. Right. And so children need to learn. And, you know, parents can guide children. You can set the right example. And, you know, in my opinion, um, different youth sports in the United States have changed just because they all have to be structured. And I think one of the reasons is people understand how much money mm -hmm. is involved now in youth sports. Youth sports in the United States is approximately a hundred billion dollar a year industry. Well, every type of youth sport wants a piece of that. Whether it's selling you a Nike cleat or a pair of gloves or the ball or the shoulder pads, right. the helmet, the lacrosse stick, you know, then you have to have a certain hoodie, you have to have a certain shorts, you have to wear a certain underwear. You know, it just is a snowball effect. Mm -hmm. So then when you start getting into just the sport alone, you have to have a paid coach, you have to have insurance, you have to pay for a place to play. Right. And then you need extra training, you know, because you're going to be special. You're going to be the one division one athlete, you know, and it's a snowball effect. And so there is so much money in it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is derived from pro athletes. I mean, back in the sixties, 
you know, football players, baseball players in the offseason had real jobs, sold insurance or did, you know, whatever, because there weren't multi, multi million dollars in the business. Right. Now you sign an NFL contract, you're a millionaire. So, you know, even though a million dollars might not be a lot of money, a million dollars, still a million dollars. So coaches now, like head coaches, are they the teachers that they once were or are now are you a manager of millionaires? And so right. the trickle-down effect percentage-wise, it it, it's the same trickle-down effect to youth sports. Mm. It's not that the kid is making a million dollars, but in percentage-wise, the parent's spending a million dollars, you know, that in the hopes of their kid getting a Division One scholarship because now college is, is so expensive that for them to afford them to go to a good school, um, you have to have some type of scholarship. So things are getting a little unskewed, in my opinion. Mm. Um, but it, it, it's hard to determine what really goes through a lot of people's minds in different sports. You know, everybody thinks... And, you know, I don't know a person that doesn't think that their child is wonderful um, and great. And and that is a good thing. Um, but as in life, there's fanatical people in everything, right. uh, whether it's religion, sports. Um, and, and so that's kind of like the business that we're in. Yeah. But you have to manage it and you have to, you know, do the best job you can to align yourself with good people that have a good vision on things. But yeah, sports, uh, in life, there's just a lot of money. The advertising dollars that you see now in the NFL. So crazy. The billions and billions of dollars um, that they get from TV. Um, and, and it's all the professional sports. You know, worldwide, soccer's almost, you know, is yeah, bigger. No, it's is, massive industry. Right. It's bigger than we, we think football in the United right. States. But soccer worldwide is the biggest sport. And their contracts for some of their players are ridiculous. But when you look at actually how many kids make it to that level, mm -hmm. it's point oh 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 one percent of right. You're right. And it's almost like you have to be touched by somebody to make it that far. Right. To get through you know, youth to get through college or semi-pro into pros, you you know, did, did you get a massive injury? Did you get a career-ending injury? People don't remember, you know, people don't think that. Your child's one injury away from never playing. Concussions. Look how huge concussions are. Let's let's hold off on that real quick. We're okay. gonna take a quick break and come back. Okay. This is some good kind of. This is a good conversation. Okay. Um. This uh. This next segment right here is brought to you by Dick Sporting Goods. Welcome back, everybody, to the Life Journey Series podcast. We're here with Greg Genrich. Greg is talking about some amazing things. We had a we had an incident here at the facility as well, too. So just an awesome podcast so far. I'm loving it. Um, Greg, so kind of kind of finish up a little bit from what you were saying, and um, and then let's and I want to kind of touch into um, how can someone dive into the, this uh, industry that you're in, at, or let's just say you know your career path as an entrepreneur, and then leave them with a quote. As well, too, a life lead, a lead quote that you can leave them with from everyone that's li listening to the podcast around the world. Well, I mean, I, this industry, um, the sports facility industry, isn't for everybody. Mm. Um, 
it's dealing with huge buildings. It's dealing <laughs> with, you know, multiple organizations. It's dealing with insurance. It's dealing with banks. It's dealing with people. There's a lot of moving parts. It's not just for everybody. Right. And then it's just not that. It's just not that. It's you know having to take care of the facility. You have you can you might be able to build it, but how are you going to maintain it? How are you going to run it? You know what are you going to do for the six months of the year where it actually the sun does shine in Rochester, New York. Right. Um, so these buildings are specifically utilized for you know six to seven months out of the year, mm -hmm. and so do I suggest people getting into it? Well, not really. I mean, you really have to know and understand. Um, we've we've learned and come up with several different things um, to make it run more efficiently, um, but you have to be in the industry to understand it. Um, Makes sense. You know, that's... It makes sense. Like It's like the Richest Man in Babylon book, right? You, you don't want to go to a carpenter to learn how to make money you want to go to an investor to learn how to make money like you got you <laughs> right i mean again i kind of fell into the industry but it seemed to fit me very well and so we're continuing in the industry because we've learned a lot of lessons we've right. learned some of the pitfalls we've learned who to do business with and who not to do business with right just because somebody wants to rent from you doesn't mean you have to rent to them right you know um, it, it it's a unique it's a unique business you know <laughs> like anything else you know profit margins uh, the amount that you pay for heating and electricity um, just different things like instead of paying a contractor to plow our parking lot we bought a truck and i could plow it myself i don't pay somebody to do something that i can do right and so you know it's it's, it's like any business managing your money managing your cash flow um they all are an important part of running your business that's smart and i love what you said last time just about like you're saying like it was in it's gonna be like a hundred thousand dollars or something like that to plow for six months or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was gonna be Some like, like it, it was gonna be like twelve thousand dollars to plow for the year. Oh hell yeah! That's what and instead of right, instead of paying somebody twelve thousand dollars, I could have a twelve thousand dollar a year truck payment, and I can plow it myself. Right. I know when it needs to be plowed. I know when it doesn't need to be plowed. Right. I can plow it nice and slow and get the parking lot nice and clean and not have any ice build up keep the parking spots maxed out instead of just somebody hopping in a truck coming in boom 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 they don't know what our clients need so right i know what our clients needs and i have the experience that i can do it that's so, smart that's yeah. smart I, lo I love it i love it would you call yourself an entrepreneur or a serial entrepreneur a what a C serial entrepreneur when you say serial 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 so like so like more or less like you kind of you do things on your own but at the same time you have utilized people as well too to help you but like you you um you kind of manage it on your own mainly i would consider like myself community. i would consider myself both okay because as an entrepreneur it isn't only what i can do mm -hmm. but it's the things that i don't do well or aren't an expert on i'm smart enough to try to find the expert in that field right um 
you know, I'm smart enough to understand a spreadsheet, but am I smart enough to build my own spreadsheet, enter all the data, or I'm smart enough to hire somebody that can do it a lot faster than me and my time is utilized in better spots. Right. So when you say a serial entrepreneur, such as uh, a sports facility like this is multi-sport and you know, we think outside of the box. Um, so we want the business that nobody else wants. Mm -hmm. The reason being is a lot of these sports have been locked out of these facilities who have just focused in on soccer and then have brought in lacrosse. But there's many other sports that are to be utilized. Right. And so in business in general, if you don't think outside of the box, you're done. If you don't think about not only tomorrow, but next week, next year, two years from now, three years from now, if your business isn't growing, your business is dying. Right. And so um, these are all things that you have to you know, kind of consider, but I would consider myself a, a, a serial entrepreneur because I do have different people that do different things for me. Um, and you care about the community and making it better as well too. Yeah, because, you know, if I'm successful, other people are going to be successful. Right. I'm only as successful of, uh, as the successful people that I put around me. Like we were talking Truth. about before uh, with Marcus Limonis, people, process, yeah. and product. So I think, I've, I think I'm the right people person. I think what we built here and reestablished here mm -hmm. is a great product. Yes. Probably one of the best in Rochester. Yes. And I think the process of the way that we're going about to do things isn't like everybody else, but I don't have to run it like everybody else. Um, when you start talking about overhead expenditures and operational expenditures, mm -hmm. I might be able to run my facility less than some of these other big, huge corporations do. And so, um, a lot of people seem to be upgrading their facilities now that we did this. I think that's <laughs> aw I think it's awesome. That's good though. You're making an impact. Well, like that. That I says think a lot. It, I think it's good from a couple of different standpoints. Number one is that it's going to make a better environment for the children or the youth or whoever's using the facility. They're going to get better turf. They're going to get safer turf. You know, the facilities are going to be upgraded. But as well from a business standpoint, is if all of these big players in the industry have to upgrade their facilities because of what I did, mm -hmm. they're also going to upgrade their prices because that kind of investment that they're going to have to make to do the upgrades is going to cost them money and they're going to, you know, want to get that money back. We already know what we've put in and what we've done here and I can control my cost a lot more than what they can they control. Can so again, when we started the regional sports center in Henrietta, um, our logo is the most affordable turf in Rochester. Well, that's going to really, that carries over to the Ironicoid Sports Facility, too. We want to give people an affordable option. Right. Um, I don't want to take your money once. I want to take your money for the next 10 years. So, long -term you know, game, long that, that's the um, small businessman, family. This is a family-run business. Um you know, we're not looking just to hit you once. We mm. want you to come back for years. Love and it. so some people don't look at things like that. Right. I love it. Leave the people with a quote. And it, it, before you do that, it's funny. Um, you know, Gary Vee always says, um, you, you probably don't watch him, but he always says, you got to play the long game. 
you got to play the long game. There's a, lot, a lot of these young entrepreneurs out here just trying to make money so quickly and not build a relationship with clients. And they're not, you're not within the digital agency. You're, if you don't have long-term clients or clients that you really build a relationship with that you can go out to lunch and dinner with and just have a good time and like that friendship with along with doing business and you're not going to really be that successful or you're just going to be an a-hole in the industry <laughs> you know so um it's, it's cool it's awesome to hear someone say that like yourself that really understands it so um go ahead though let people know a quote that a long-lasting quote that you can leave them with for the rest of their life. This is people listening around from around the world. So just know that. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess you want to treat people with respect. Um, I guess, you know, my quote on life is make sure your compass is pointed in the right direction. Mm. You can choose that whatever direction that you want. Um, but keep your values, keep your families close to you. You know, and uh, just respect other people. You might disagree with what they have to say, mm -hmm. but you should re respect that, so what somebody else's thoughts are. Right. Whether it's religion, whether it's politics, whether it's your family sitting around at Thanksgiving dinner, you might not agree with what they have to say, but you should respect it. At least they have an, an opinion. Right. And to me, respect is very high on my value system and if that's one thing um, that I could leave with anybody listening is just to respect others I love it it's great having you on the show like this was an awesome Thank podcast you, and uh, it was great to do it definitely want to have you back on in 2020 at some point all right so great stuff um, everybody again Greg Genrich um, your let the people know about the facilities Instagram and Facebook page as well, too. Well, um, yes, we have a Facebook page, the Aranaquid Sports Center. Um, we also own and operate the Regional Sports Center. Um, you can find them both on Google. Um, when you go to Google search, I think I'll be working later on with Mr. Goss on potentially telling me how more social media can help <laughs> us. But we do have an Instagram page. Um, it's Aranaquid Sports Center. My son Christopher, we're working on it. These are all the things that we're progressing in our business and learning because this is a, a an aspect of the business that now is becoming more prevalent. We want to be on the cutting edge of that. Mm. And so um, we're working on that and Twitter and making some groups. Like we have our first subgroup on our Facebook page for our Rondequate Sports Center pickup program. Okay. And so, um, again, as things develop, as, you know, we did a year project in three months here. And so, wow, right. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that we're still figuring it out. But, you know, every day the phone's ringing, the emails are happening. People are knocking on the door. They're coming to see us. And, you know, you have to figure some of that out. And so um, we haven't really even gotten into the marketing aspect of the place because we've been into the construction and fine-tuning and organization. And then now that we're getting busy, just maintaining it every day. Right. Make sure in-house <coughs> in is good. So Right. Yeah. So you can come check out our Facebook page or our web page at the Randy Quaid Sports Center. 
fantastic you know thanks for being on the show and uh everybody we're gonna you know make sure we have them on again at some point and you know um thanks maybe again. maybe next time we can have my two daughters yes my you, two younger daughters can come in and they can give you the perspective of their father as an entrepreneur and what they see is you know the children of an entrepreneur let's definitely do that and then let's get your son on too because everybody has an amazing story from what you've told me right and uh, i just think that has to be told as well so um thanks for being on and cue guys out Thank you for listening to the Life Journey Podcast with Quentin Gauze.